Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello and welcome everybody today. Oh my gosh, I'm always saying how sunny it is in Atlanta, but it is another bright sunny day in Atlanta, as you can see. And I'm terribly excited as always, to be hosting the Taking Flight, the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast for EO Atlanta. Um, I'm particularly excited today to be speaking to our guest. Our guest is a storyteller, a board executive, a dedicated entrepreneur, a critical thinker, a persistent businessman, an exceptional leader who inspires others around him. He's inspired me already this morning, and I'll tell you why later. Board member at Bloom My Youth and CEO of, at Gimme, Corey Hewitt. Thank you so much for having me today, Sarah. I'm glad we got to chat a little bit, like you said earlier, and I'm excited to talk to you all today. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the show. It's going to be great. So, well, I don't like to mess around. Uh, I want to go straight in because I'm all about like, let's get out the gate strong. Let's really kind of share some great content with our listeners and our viewers. So I just would love to know, Corey, like when you started your entrepreneurial journey, what did you get right? I'm glad you asked it that way because I feel like there are plenty of things that I got to learn through trial and error. And I was talking to an entrepreneur just a couple of days ago and it really validated to me one of the things that I feel like I did get right. And that thing was leaning in to our customers. And so I talk a lot on LinkedIn about customer discovery and leaning into the customer, trying to understand their pain. And for us, it connects to something that's a cultural pillar. And for us, that's empathy. And so I think that's one of the things that we're able to get right at the very beginning. How are we empathetic? How are we understanding the customer? What's truly their pain? And is what we're building going to solve a massive, massive problem for them? Because we don't want to build something that people don't care about. We don't want to build something that isn't going to meet their needs. So customer discovery would be the thing that I think we got right Okay. At the beginning. Can you give me an example you think of how um, people would, like, how, how do you know that you got empathy right? So for us, it was, what did we decide to build? Because when we first thought about building a company, my co-founder and I, Evan, uh, I had previously owned some vending machines. So I was exposed to some of the issues in vending. And we were getting guidance that vending machines needed more credit card readers. So we should build one. And that's the advice we're getting from outside. But we leaned into our customers, talked to a bunch of other people that had these companies that ran food service. And not only did they own vending machines, but they were starting to open up markets, these shelves with kiosks where you can self-scan. And so when we talked to them, they told us, hey, we're not worried about credit card readers. We're worried about making sure that these shelves stay, uh, stay nice and stocked with things that people won't buy. That's what's keeping us up at night. If we run out of food, we could get fired. Mm -hmm. And so the empathy was listening to them, not telling them, hey, if I build a credit card reader, will you uh, will you buy it? It was, tell me about your day. Tell me what keeps you up at night. 
Tell me what your pain point is. If nothing changed in five years, would you be happy with that or would you be frightened about that? And that's to us when we discovered, oh, they're struggling with making sure they send the right things, get them on the right spot in the shelf. And so that's yeah. uh, my quick example of customer discovery. Yeah. It's easy to tell when companies forget about customer discovery. I saw an entrepreneur and, uh, and thankfully they pivoted, but they were working on building a really expensive egg tray for your refrigerator that could tell your phone how many eggs are in the tray. And they wanted to charge like a hundred bucks for this device. Right. And it's, okay, I get that you're solving a little bit of a problem, but it feels like they just didn't quite nail, are they solving something that you know people really care about? Yeah. So it's easy to tell when there's customer discovery. It's easy to tell when there's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we got right on no, our first I, flight. I love that. You're right. Asking And asking the right questions and wanting to build something which is going to solve a problem. After all, that's what technology is meant to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think, it, and I think it's very easy to see in business that we can kind of, you know, we can get carried away of what we think we can do and what maybe we want to do, but what is it that we really feel like our customer needs? So I love to hear that. Well, I think it takes a certain degree of confidence and strength in an entrepreneur, right? We have to be able to ignore a lot of criticism. We yeah. have to be strong, know who we are. But at the same time, if we get a little bit too strong in who we yeah. are and too strong in what we build and lose touch yeah. with the customer, I don't know. I'm speaking from experience here. Me too. I, uh... <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. You're right. I think that, I think we all check ourselves regularly. I hope. I think, I mean, you're hopefully a pretty humble entrepreneur who's maybe been burned along the way and learned lots of lessons. You check yourself to make sure you're doing the right thing for the client. Sarah, if I have any humility, it's unfortunately one of those trial and error things. So I started out the gate with maybe a little customer discovery and empathy probably not enough humility in life has had a way of demonstrating that humility is valuable. And, uh, and when I don't exercise it, it's brought to the front of my mind. So yeah. um, hopefully if this podcast shows anybody anything, it's, hey, if you can learn humility without having to be taught it, uh, your life will yeah. be a bit smoother and easier. Yes, really good. Great advice. So, um, so who are or were your co-pilots on the journey with you? So I talked a little bit about Evan. Evan and I met when we were at Gulfstream which is the place that makes the really cool private jets. Um, So we met in the engineering department there. And at the time I told him, hey, I've got this idea. I used to own vending machines. We've been working on things that combine hardware and software together to build new types of solutions. We should do that for vending too. He's like, why vending? We work in private jets. Um, (laughs) But he was such a positive, amazing co-founder, really great energy it can be hard working on a, as you know, as probably everybody knows, it can be hard. Sometimes it can be lonely trying to build something from scratch, mm-hmm. but he just brought energy and positivity and a little bit of a, you know, technical background like me mm-hmm. and made it magical. The other people that were super, super helpful is right out the gate. We got some amazing mentors, people with industry experience. And I just want to shout out to a guy named Bill Levesay. Uh, he came from the Coca-Cola environment. So he's really familiar with some of the challenges that people face. But he took us under his wing, took us to different trade shows and conferences, and probably sped up our learning by years. Mm-hmm. And then, wow. of course, our first two investors, David Cummings, he runs Atlanta Tech Village, and then John Lally, he comes from a consulting background, just a really smart entrepreneur himself. Mm-hmm. And these people who are willing to share their experience with us yeah. took us forward fast yeah. and helped us sweep a bunch of mistakes. So yeah. those would be our co-pilots that I think about, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Having 
having that, that level of um, experience around you, um, vending and entrepreneurism with David Cumming and, and, and investment. And oh my gosh, yeah, it sounds like you, you, you really manage that well. I mean, yeah, um, it's impressive. I wish know. I could take credit for that. We're so, <laughs> it wasn't from like excellent planning. I think it was from that being willing to get shot down. I told the, you know, those are the wins. But how many no's did we get from potential me yeah. uh, mentors and investors and colleagues, uh, customers who are like, go away yeah. and uh, you're not a good fit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I wish I could say it was great planning, but really it was, you know, these folks just had a big spot in their life and in their heart yeah. to want to help entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, and it happened to work out. Okay. I love that. So what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently? Recently. Oh man, I, I think everybody's going to jump to uh, COVID examples and we've got a couple that I could talk about. We build a physical product as part of our solution set. So that whole world got super, super different. Mm -hmm. uh, building things, trying to remanage supply chain relationships. Relationships got strained. Yeah. And so it taught me, uh, I'm going to avoid probably stuff that everybody might hear about, like, oh, it just took longer to build things and uncertainty. Right. That was obviously a big part of it. Yeah. But I'm just going to put that to the no, side for a second. And speak about the relationships where anytime there's a big worldwide change, I wonder if we focused on the relationships. And I've seen some where on the other side, they were really stressed out about something. And the contract maybe said, hey, what you're doing isn't right. What you're doing isn't per the contract. And is it you go after them hard and say, hey, I'm going to enforce this and bad things are going to happen? Or is it leaning in and maybe being a bit vulnerable? to ask is something going on on your like <clears throat> yeah. hey i'm gonna start recording for a second you know is something going on on your side what's what are things like there and how can we work together because ultimately i never just want to be in a sticky situation how do we get out of it together yeah, yeah. no so I i'd say problem did we have to solve i would say lots and lots of examples of having to lean in with our partners and if we're behind on something because we can't control it instead of just shutting up or locking down or not responding Leaning in and being able to say, hey, we, you know, we want to bring you up to speed. Here's what's happening. It's always uncomfortable. And then being open to the other party doing that too. That's the biggest thing that's been so much different than what you might read or what you might get in an MBA. Yeah. Is that leaning into the relationship and asking questions and trying to work together to solve it? Sounds like that empathy played a part there again, then just kind of because that you have to be empathetic. I mean, everyone's dealing with a difficult situation. So you're saying like rather than like refer just to the contract, like you're saying, you know, everybody had to kind of lean in and understand how we can help each other. Is that really yes. the essence of it? Yeah, yeah. And, and and has that fared well for you? I imagine that does fare well. I'm a big believer when we act that way and we are empathetic and we listen to people and curate different solutions based on challenges. I think it ends well, doesn't it? Most of the time, but I think we get to pick the problems that we have right. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather have problems related to sometimes the empathy didn't turn out the way that we wanted. Occasionally, maybe we get yeah. taken advantage of, but right. most of the time yeah. we've surrounded ourselves with people who care about us. So can I say like, oh yeah, it worked perfect, yeah. no problems? Yeah. Of course not. No. There were still problems there. And sometimes people were like, hey, here's the issue and we're not going to help you. And it's like, well, that, you know. Yeah, man, that's tough news to get. But I would much rather have problems related to, hey, we put our best foot forward. This was truly in good faith, and it didn't work out. Then, hey, we came out the gate swinging at you, taking you know aim at you and yeah. fighting with you. I don't want to deal with. If I had to pick a set of problems to deal with, I'd rather deal with the problems of 
working with people that we trust yeah. than treating everybody that we don't trust them or that we, we're trying to get something yeah. from them. So yeah. neither, I think, side has a perfect success rate, but yeah. I would pick my problem and I would rather pick the problem over here. No, I think that's, yeah, that's great advice as well. So is there a favorite book that maybe helped you with that particular problem? Or is there something now that you've read recently? I mean, we know we all, we all love books. We all love, I don't always get so much time to read them, but I definitely do audible as much as I'm back on the 400 every day driving down to Buckhead. So please share. Is there anything you have in mind you want to share? There are two books on my mind right now. Uh, One is Save the Cat. Save the Cat. Okay. Save the Cat. It's a book. It's got a great cover, great author. Uh, he reads it, the audible version you mentioned, you know, you're listening to it. Yeah. The author reads the book himself and he infuses it with just a ton of energy and his own character. It. And it's written not really for your typical tech entrepreneur, but it's written to entrepreneurs in a broader sense because okay. he's writing to aspiring screenwriters. Oh, okay. And it's all about storytelling to master storytellers. And for me, storytelling isn't a primary part of my job, but it's a crucial infrastructure component of what I've had to do, whether it's fundraising, pitching customers, learning what to write on our website, or even designing the story flow in our products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Call that consumer experience, CX, or maybe UX. Yeah. But what's that journey look like? So number one is Save the Cat, an amazing book on storytelling. And who is the the author of that one, Corey? Oh man, I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But it's uh, it's so well known that if you search "Save the Cat," yeah, there's only one book. Whilst you're talking to me, okay, okay, yeah, awesome. When you find out the author, interject it. I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna let people know. We can do this real time. We really can. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, book by Blake Snyder. Yes. Yes. yes okay. Snyder. I'm adding that in. Okay, great. And what's the second book? I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Okay. We're going to go all the way down to Brazil and we're going to change centuries to the 1800s. So I'm probably going to lose half the audience here. <laughs> we're going to talk about the posthumous memoirs of Las Pras Cubas. Okay. And it's been expertly translated recently. I saw, I think I heard about this book reading a fortune or maybe a Forbes article. And the reason why is it suddenly became so much more relevant. Okay. And it helped me change my perspective. This author, he starts out, I mean, it's, I think it's hilarious, but a lot of people question my humor. Um, But I think it's hilarious. (laughs) I'm laughing. (laughs) This author writes as if he's already dead. So the opening line is, I'm writing this to you from beyond the grave. The worms are eating my body. Um, So obviously we're starting with satire because that can't be true. And he takes a look at his life from beyond the grave and that perspective to me, it, it made light of you know what would normally be something kind of morbid and heavy, but was made light of in it as the author looks at his own life in this perspective, the love, the success with work, the family, the home, the things that felt super important but were actually trivial in this comedic drama. As I looked at my own life that way, it allowed me to, I found, I took from it, my experience reading, it was like, yeah. holy cow, I feel like this is the biggest thing in the world right now but if if i were writing from beyond the grave would it really matter like do i forget if anyone else cares what i even care when the worms are eating my body that this is a big thing in my mind so i got perspective from it okay you need to repeat the name of the book because i did not catch it posthumous mentors or something i don't know 
the posthumous, so the post-death, the posthumous memoirs. Posthumous memoirs, okay. Of Las Bras Cubas. Of Las Bras Cubas, okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I love it. My God, we got some what variety. Save the cat and the posthumous memoirs. Okay, of Los Bras, Los Brad Cubas. People need to go and yes. check them out. Okay, thank you for sharing and that. And we'll all become Portuguese masters after yes. we read that book and get the translated version, which I highly <laughs> recommend because I can't read or write or speak in Portuguese. No, me neither. So, okay. So, what excites you about where you're heading? What does your future of flight look like, Corey? Well, there's some parts related to the company uh, that I founded, Gimme. I'm wearing my little pin right now. Yeah. Uh, but there's parts of being an entrepreneur right now that are, if you will, generically super exciting as well. And uh, for me, one of those is, are we close? This is going to get a little bit techie. Uh, okay. So I hope, you know, I've already lost half when I started talking about Portuguese. <laughs> I'm going to lose the other heart, uh, half by talking no, you're about... Not. Remember, these are entrepreneurs. Lots of them are technologists. It's fine. AI. We've been talking about AI. What is AI? We could have a whole podcast just on that. Oh, yeah. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get super geeky. But there's this concept of AGI, artificial general intelligence, and suddenly it's back in vogue. And the whole idea is: Are we on the cusp of building AI that is, in all regards, smarter than a human being? And I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think we need to be super frightened about it. But as we approach that point, holy cow! Tools like OpenAI's chat GPT that's yeah. suddenly become mainstream. Amazing. I'm seeing a ton of new entrepreneurs that are either integrating it into their business or relying on it to just individually make them have basically writing content creation superpowers. Yeah, I know the, the writing side of it is incredible. Have yeah. you played with it? Yeah, we've played with it. So we're actually doing a bit of an exercise right now in my agency where we're using it to write content. Um, to see how good it is because we write a lot of byline opinion articles all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. and actually, what our content writers are finding that even, you know, if it's an 800 word article, even if it's just 100 words from that, what, what's pulled up from chat GPT, it's still 100 words of useful content to leverage. So what we're calling it a media frenzy, and I'm sure this is not unique, but we're calling it um, authentic intelligence because ah. we're storytellers. Um, but we need to make sure that it's authentic because a lot of AI right now, obviously it's, it's searching Google, it's going on all the, you know, so it's great, but there needs to be a level of, of authenticity within it too and storytelling. But no, I love That's it. Yeah. Defeating the blank. I heard you mention it helps you defeat the blank page. Maybe it only gives you a couple hundred words, 100 words out of 800. Yeah. But once those are out there, now you can take that and turn it into yes. something that's you. Yes. Yes. It's authentic and it's yours. Yeah. That's the superpower right there. It used to take yeah. me hours to try to write a LinkedIn post because mm -hmm. it's just not where my gifts lie. So yeah. I'd have to put a lot of effort into it to overcome that. Yeah. Now I can just pour my thoughts into chat GPT. It gives me kind of a seed, a yeah. place to start. And then I'm like, oh, it's easy to yeah. it's easy to tweet. Yes. And I can make it my own. My son's school just invited me to lead this little class. Right. on AI to middle schoolers. And so as I see it, like, wow, look at what's happening so fast to yeah. entrepreneurship, to learning. And are we leaning into it? Or are we scared of it? I know. And, you know, people are going to react different ways, but that's truly something interesting and exciting to me. We started using AI, not chat GPT. We started using AI years ago 
when we were building this simple detection model in our system, you could take a picture of a vending machine and it would find the empty spots. You could take a picture of the shelf and it would say, there's a blank spot here, AKA it's out of that thing. Mm -hmm. And it became a bit of a superpower for the people in the field. Instead of having to remember, I'm out of Cheetos, click picture, yeah. you're out of Cheetos. Oh. I'm out of and uh, now that it's getting so much more accessible, right. we're just we're going to be able to see all these tools take everything up to this next level, yeah. and we get to solve bigger, better, more valuable problems for the world with mm -hmm. everybody having access to these types of things. So mm -hmm. that's something that I'm just super jazzed about, very energized. Oh, I can tell, and I, I don't blame you. I think, and I love it when we talk about how do we leverage it rather than be scared of it. Like we shouldn't be scared of it. We should. Um, it's meant to help, you know, oh, especially at my agency, it's how, how do we do better with tools like that? How do we service our clients better? How do we maybe be quicker at how we do things? I mean, there's just so many ways you can look at how do you benefit from it. So um sounds like you guys are thinking the same thing and using it already, So, um, which is great. Yeah, I so, appreciate your perspective. Yeah, it's all good. So who are you, Corey? Like pre-flight, I want to know a little bit about the man behind the pin right now, the uh, the gimme pin. <laughs> so both my parents are army pilots. My mom flies helicopters. My dad flies fixed wings. And I think when you have two army parents, uh, I think it modifies the like great childhood, but I think it modifies a little because like when you get in trouble, all of a sudden they're like, drop and give me 10 push-ups. And oh. you're like, that's not normal. They're <laughs> like, no, push-ups. And uh, so I... That's, I think, like a big part of maybe where this drive comes from, or maybe some of the uh, assertion right. comes from. It's, you had to stand up for yourself uh, with, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. two very A-type parents. Definitely. Yes, you're right. I can imagine. So, And for your mother to do it too. I love that. That's wonderful. Does she still fly helicopters now? She's not still flying now. My dad's still flying, but she's not still flying. Um, but occasionally, if we go out for dinner or something... Uh, and she mentions that she's a pilot. People are like, oh, that's wonderful. And she's like, no, no, let's go. Push-up contest right now. Oh. And so, yeah, more than once she's done push-up contests in public. So um, she may not still be flying, but she's definitely still definitely demonstrating. Still, yeah. She's a strong woman, is she a for fit, sure. Is she a fit? She's doing push-ups. I had to do too many this morning. Is she a fit woman? She's, yeah, she's a bodybuilder. She competes oh, yeah. or used to compete uh, okay. in place. Oh, yeah. Oh, she sounds amazing. I need you to. I need to you need to let me know where I can where I can find her. Don't share it now. But it's amazing. I heard intense, you know, as a <laughs> as the, the progeny of a really yeah. intense set of parents. Yeah. Well, well look how well you've turned out, Corey. The empathy is there, even though you've been raised doing push-ups and things like that. So um <laughs> the other um, thing to know about me is I yeah. love and crave adventure. Uh so love to travel. Uh, I've hit five of the seven continents this November. I'm going to hit six of the seven, the one at the very bottom. I'm super excited about that one. Okay. And I love electrification and travel. So I've got an electric Carly, I've got an electric car, and I've been doing a lot of tours uh, west co uh, to the West Coast driving and then up and down the East Coast nice. on both machines and really plugging in, if you get my drift, uh, plugging yeah. into the community of Better other electric. In. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Good on you. Yeah. Travel, I'm with you on that. Love it very much. So good on you for just being curious and exploring the world. Uh, I get very excited about that. Actually, um, 
I just learned that the EO Atlanta has that, well, EO has that trip to South Africa. And it's like, that's a place I have always wanted to go to. So I booked my flight last night. There we go. I'm excited. Congratulations, Sarah. To South, to South Africa, you go. Africa, I'm going to Cape Town. I'm doing it. So, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Lovely. Yeah, I've never when been. there. Yes. You're going to have a blast. You're just yes. going to have a blast. I'm excited. I I'm heading to Saudi Arabia next week. So that's going to be interesting. So, Look at um, you, your world traveling. What's yeah. what's the most recent trip you went on? And what are you most excited about from that trip? Ooh. Um, my most recent trip, I was, I was in London for three weeks over Christmas. And I suppose I'm most excited about that is just because I got to go and take my two children and my husband and we visited five different locations where we saw family and we just invested time with each other. And... Um, and that, you know, you can't beat that, can you, really? So that was really wonderful. Now, did you get to visit the Cotswolds? I've heard that's like a prime spot to go. Yeah. No, I don't go to Cotswolds. I mean, people say I've, it's not really my thing. It's a bit, it's quaint. Uh, I went to the Isle of Wight, which is an island off of um, England in between France and England, um, which was beautiful. And I'd never really experienced the Isle of Wight before in the way that I did this time. We went horseback riding. It was torrential rain. It was coming at you sideways. Oh. Yeah. And my horse was a bit of a, she just liked to get up, you know, and have up the, up the front. So that was interesting. Um, but uh, yes. And I have the best of friends who live in the Isle of Wight or have a house in the Isle of Wight. And so we celebrated in style for New Year's Eve. So yeah. That sounds decadent. Horseback it was, riding. It was Island decadent. of Wight. It's it yeah. Was, and it was raining and freezing, but it was decadent. Okay. So present day, I want to know, what do you, what do you do? What do you solve? Tell me about like the impact that you make, Corey. So professionally within Gimme, the impact that I'm making is we've grown from just vending. Now we're all the way to grocery shelves as well. And we work with some of the world's biggest brand. You recognize them on the shelf and we're solving that same set of problems. And that is when people are hungry, they want to buy that food, they need to eat. And so how do we make sure that shelves are stocked with the right food, that we dispatch it out at the right time? And we're doing that at a big scale now. Grocery stores, micro markets, and still our vending customers as well, solving yeah. that problem. On the other side, uh, I'm also, you mentioned it in your intro, I'm also the board member at Bloom. What an amazing team. We've got just this so empathetic, uh, empathetic, imaginative, and passionate leader uh, Becky Davenport, and she's taking us uh, all across the state to help foster youth all across the state. And we've got big goals to continue to expand our outreach to improve uh, the quality of care for foster youth in Georgia. And that's right. something that's, uh, I've got two children and they've got, hopefully uh, they see it this way too, but we're putting a lot of effort, you know, mom and dad putting a lot of effort into our kids. We love them dearly. Yeah. And the experience of becoming a dad exposed that that level of care and love is not guaranteed for every kid, yeah. and uh, and everybody has something they connect with diff uh, to connect with differently. For me, experiencing that when I became a dad, and then seeing how not every kid gets that just yeah. broke my heart. And yeah. this became an organization where I could just pour myself into to try to make sure that every kid in Georgia feels loved and feels safe. And uh, that's the other thing that we're working on right now. Big goals next five years, trying to expand that reach um, all across the state. Okay. So you're talking about Bloom Our Youth. I would like to look into that later. That sounds incredible organization. 
So incredible, um, incredible executive director. Most right. of the board members are okay. You know, um, there's just one guy that's a little weird. <laughs> AI and you know, yeah, old he literature. Like AI does some strange things. <laughs> does lots of sit ups, press ups when you need to. Exactly do. <laughs> right. So thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time, Corey. Um, so bonus round. I want to ask you. I mean, I feel like well, you've done a great job because you've given me a flavor of who you are as we've gone through this. But what do you do outside of work? I know you like to volunteer. Obviously, we just talked about that a little bit. But um, is there anything else you like to do? Oh, man, we're part of a brand new town. So I'm south of the airport in a brand new town called Trilla. And it's coming up from scratch. We've got movie studios on one side. They're already number two in the country for producing movies. We're second only to Warner Brothers in California. And there's a whole town across the street that I'm part of filled with storytellers, entrepreneurs, and just creative folks. Right. And it's so exciting to watch what's happening. There's the sticks and bricks, of course. That's cool. But the people here, the people here, what they're making, what they're investing in, we're seeing schools get created. We're seeing churches get created. In the middle of uh, COVID, there are people out at the lake doing outdoor events. Everybody's like six feet apart on yoga mats. And it was like yoga in the morning, followed by like a sermon right after that. And it's blowing my mind watching these people just invent, create, Right. And uh, this expression of community yeah, through all of those things with this just wonderful, wonderful group here. So I'm having a ton of fun yeah. participating in that. I mentioned I have an electric motorcycle. Mm -hmm. um, it's a live wire made by Harley. And there's a strong group of people that really care about their machines. And uh, that's been a lot of fun to go on trips and to do as well. And then I've got two kids, uh, one in, uh, a one-year-old and an almost five-year-old. Okay. Okay. Watching things through their eyes, as any parent can probably yeah. tell you, just helps you see things in a brand new way. The five-year-old, almost five-year-old, is getting really interested in computers and technology. And right. since I care, you yeah. know, a ton about Those that, things. it's giving us a lot in common. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay. Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? So I'm a little bit weird in that I don't really connect well with uh, social media. So I don't have a Facebook or an Instagram, a Twitter uh, or a TikTok or anything like that, but I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me linkedin.com slash Corey Hewitt, C-O-R-Y Hewitt, H-E-W-E-T-T. And uh, now that I have a little bit of help from some AI tools, I'm producing content a little bit more regularly, talking about customer discovery, empathy, mm -hmm. AI, um, and what it means to to fail, to succeed, and to try as an entrepreneur. Okay, that sounds great. I'm going to check that out. Well, this has been a really, really good discussion, really, really engaging and uplifting conversation. I've loved it. Um, thank you so much, Corey, for joining us today. What a pleasure to be invited on. Sarah, thank you so much for allowing me to share little pieces of who I am, the story, who we help at Gimme, who we help at Bloom, mm -hmm. and giving an opportunity to elevate both of those platforms. And if anybody's interested in volunteering, I'm going to be totally shameless. We are always looking for volunteers and we're always looking for financial contributions to help expand the reach of helping foster youth and families across the state of Georgia. So Bloom, our youth, always looking for help. Check okay. it out. Definitely. I'm going to check it out for sure. So, well, thank you to our audience. If you learned something today, if you laughed, I hope you laughed. I mean, I laughed. I know Corey laughed. Um, please tell someone about this podcast. We really appreciate that. Thank you once again, Corey. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody who took the time to listen. Portuguese literature, AI. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> we covered it all. 
This has been another exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.